What's up, Mark Bell? Hello? <laughs> everybody, everybody here? Anybody home? So. Yeah, Smokey just got back, so we're all here. Man, this coffee's hot. Thanks, Josh. He got you hot coffee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't get I any hot coffee. I don't know, man. He, I, I haven't tasted coffee that good from this place before. I don't know what he did, but he did something special for me, I guess. Just something he probably whipped up, you know? Mm-hmm. He's pretty fast. I love that we, we still have uh, Shaw's microphone. It's about your eye level. I know. <laughs> That's a big son of a bitch. He's not little. We should have interviewed his penis. That would have been interesting. <laughs> would, it, would it have said, hello? Or mm-hmm. would it have been like, hey, everybody? Yeah. <laughs> would it talk like Hanky the Christmas Pooh? Or, yeah. or would it talk like Darth Vader? It was uh, the, uh, the, the chat box was going <laughs> nuts, um, especially when we were talking about his bench press. And the, like, uh, for some reason, the, the argument. People are always asking about his bench. So. It what was, do you bench, bro? It was the, I, b- I believe you guys had said 300 kilos, right? The 661 Oh, or something yeah, like he that. was talking about that would be something that he would want to shoot for, yeah. So someone's like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. He doesn't have the build for a six, you know, the 300 kilo bench. Right. And then someone's like, his cack can bench 300 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And that could be possible. <laughs> well, I don't think people... Uh, I think people realize how big Kirill Serkev is. Kirill Serkev, I think, is 6'5 or 6'6. So I think that people might think just because Brian Shaw is tall that he would uh, end up having a hard time. Um, But look at Brian Shaw and Hapthor Bjornsson and some of these guys are 6'7, 6'8, 6'9. And uh, they don't lack pressing power. Mm -hmm. They press, um, you know, 200 kilos, 440 you know, upwards of 440 pounds uh, with the logs and stuff like that. And sometimes they were able to do it for multiple reps. So they don't have a lack of pressing power. I think in Brian's case, he would just have to train for it. I don't think he's ever really trained for bench yeah. pressing. Yeah. I know he uses bench pressing in his training, but I don't think he's like really trained for it. It'd be sick to see that though. Yeah. I know he's talked about like wanting to do a powerlifting meet and, uh, you know, it'd just be kind of hard, I think. Um, for him just to go in and like, it would only make sense if he intentionally lifted a little less than he thought he could do so he doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the guy operates that way. So it'd be kind mm-hmm. of, it'd be kind of hard, you know? Um, I don't know what he would deadlift, but like, you know, it'd be disappointing if he didn't deadlift 900 pounds mm-hmm. because he's deadlifted over a thousand pounds, um, with straps. Um, and yeah, there's just, you know, a lot of the internet would be watching it and they'd be talking shit and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But, but you know, 661 bench would be, uh, would be a huge bench. Uh, Bill Kazmaier did that amount. And so that's why Brian was talking about how it'd be fun to be able to pursue something like that. Um, I think Brian could easily bench over 600 pounds, but I also think that that would probably be around where he tops out. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it'd be hard for him to progress past that without really uh, entering in a in a zone where it would be dangerous. Even a 600-pound bench would be very dangerous for him at this point. Blow off a peck and risk, mm-hmm. you know, being out for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he said his best is 525 for three. So, sure. uh, you know, math-wise, he'd have to do 525 for five or 550 or so for about three or four 
to equal a 600 pound bench. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done five 25 for three. I've done 525 for four reps actually before. So, um, and I was at 578. So everybody's a little different when it comes to those curves like that. But, uh, I would imagine that he wouldn't be too, too different than from where mm -hmm. I'm at with that, you know, consideration. Where is your bench currently right now after the bodybuilding show and all that? I did 405 the week of the show. <laughs> and I think right now I could bench probably about 455. Mm. Probably be, it'd probably be, uh, a little bit hard. Mm -hmm. Um, the left side is like not keeping up, not cooperating with the right side. Um, but I think, uh, I think I'll bench f over 500 pretty soon. It's just a matter of like what kind of weight I want to put back on. You know, if I, if I stay, I weighed 242 this morning. If I stay under 250, um, for me anyway, if I stay under 250, it'll be harder for me to bench press over 500 pounds. Um, I, I've done it before. I weighed 245. And bench 500 for three, but it was also like four or five years ago. And mm -hmm. every year that goes by, things get a little, <laughs> a little different and a little harder. What I don't want to do is I don't want to chase numbers, uh, the way that I used to. So I want to lift and I want to feel good and I want to look good and I'd like to stay in good shape. Um, so like, I think, you know, the Instagram post I made with the Furby, I think people <laughs> sometimes, some, some took it the wrong way, you know, cause they were like, oh, you should do both. You should get, you know, bigger and leaner and stronger <laughs> or to do all three. It's like, well, it doesn't, first of all, it doesn't work that way. And, uh, secondly, um, when I talked about getting like bigger and stronger, I didn't mean to get like big and fat. Uh, yeah. I, mm. you know, being fat is, is in the past. Um, hopefully I never get fat again. I, I don't know what's going to happen when I'm 50, 60, 70. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe I will be the guy that, uh, is still hanging around some <laughs> of these trade shows and they'll go, Oh my God, you see Mark Bell. He's so fat again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a conversation before that happens though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope so. Smokey will let you go. I won't though. I know. Smokey loves fart, fart, fat Mark Bell <laughs> and farty Mark Bell. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, uh, I feel that I changed a lot of my habits. Even right now, like I'm, I'm eating, uh, more of what I want, but what I want is the quality's increased. Uh, the quality of what I'm eating is a lot better than it was years ago. Yeah. So it's not like, um, in, instead of, uh, instead of wanting pizza, like my kids had pizza the other day and, I, and I've been dying for pizza. Yeah. But they had pizza the other day and I was like, yeah, I got I got filet mignon in the fridge. I'm going to fucking hook, cook that up. Mm -hmm. That's going to be awesome. And I had it with some potatoes and I ate a lot more than I normally would. You know, I had two helpings of the filet and some extra helping of the potatoes and threw some ketchup on the potatoes, which I normally don't do any, a lot of that stuff. But, um, you know, for right now, that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying just to kind of relax. You know, I did that diet so hard for so long mm -hmm. and, uh, it, it created the result I wanted. And now it's time to, it's time to move into some different things. What I'd like to do, like kind of the next goal would be, um, increase some strength, put on some size again, without getting fat. Um, I feel like I need to do some more work on my arms. You know, I blew both these suckers out before the biceps. And so I'd like to kind of work on the shape of them and, and the way they look, make them a little stronger. And mm -hmm. also my shoulders, 
just because I've never really worked on my shoulders in the past. And uh, I'd like to uh, kind of keep those healthy so that way the bench stays healthy and the bench stays strong. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, other than that, everything's feeling really good. Cool. And uh, what like diet are we going to be seeing you now with uh, this goal in mind? Um, whoa. Fumble. Jesus Christ. A little help. That's only the second time I've ever done that. Oh, that was a pretty good one, though. <laughs> I got my paper all wet. Luckily, it's Jesus. He can walk on that. Mm -hmm. Cena, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, he'll he'll walk right over that water. He won't care. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the diet is uh, is going to pretty much be similar to what I was doing before. Um, what I was doing, kind of in anticipation for the bodybuilding show, keeping the carbs. Um, keeping some carbs in there, keeping the fats kind of moderate and keeping the protein high. We're about to drip. The water's oh, no. about to drip. Get in there, buddy. Clean up on aisle three. Here we go, right here. Oh, there we go. I'll just pause <laughs> here for a couple seconds so I clean up this fucking giant mess. This happened uh, when I was on Rogan. He spilled shit all over himself. And then he was like obsessed with trying to clean his shirt because he had like this bright colored shirt on he was trying to keep the stains out of there no do i still sound the same did i cause any water damage over here no we're good <clears throat> still sound handsome yeah you don't sound like you're underwater yeah that would be that would be amazing that'd, that'd be, be a good sick. effect <laughs> bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> yeah there we go all right yeah so diet wise uh not too many changes a little bit lower carbs probably on the weekend saturday sunday Although this Saturday, we got our buddy uh, Damon Thurman Merman. It's his wedding. So uh, I'll probably just eat whatever they serve there. If they have really good... Sometimes at weddings, man, they put some really good fucking stuff on the table. You know, they put some really good treats and little snacks out. So I remember as a kid, I, I hated wedding food. It was always like some kind of like grilled chicken or something. I don't know. At least in my experience. Oh, like, yeah. Well, it's, out. Yeah, it's, it's like a lot dry of times, and cold. Well, it's a lot of times it's like adult food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Which is like, I don't know, usually kind of boring for kids. Yeah. Um, Jesse Burdick, you know, he's one of the fattest, one of my fattest friends. Mm -hmm. um, he had some amazing food at his wedding. But the key, the key is if, if you're going to have like open bar, you need to realize that people are going to want to go back and forth to, to eat multiple times. <laughs> and so Jesse had this shit planned out. He had kind of regular serving of food people picked chicken steak or fish or whatever it was mm -hmm. a yeah, normal like starchy carb with it potatoes or whatever i can't even really recall what what the main dish was salad all, all the normal stuff that you see mm -hmm. everything was really good but then out of nowhere as soon as you got a little drunk <laughs> and you thought that you were hallucinating at this point a taco truck appeared that's the best and you're like where the hell is the taco truck come yeah. from this is amazing and everybody at that point is starving, even though we just all ate, mm -hmm. but people are like dancing and people are getting hammered. About another two hours go by, taco truck disappears. And you're like, man, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> 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 the night's getting a little later and all of a sudden all these desserts come popping out of nowhere. And then there was like an ice cream truck. Dude, that's awesome. My, it was, my cousin did like the exact same thing. It was insane. There was like candy everywhere too. <laughs> like tons of candy, like dark chocolate and regular chocolate and peanut butter cups i was like where are we <laughs> it was amazing that's a, uh, and it was just loaded with uh athletes too there was a lot of a lot of great athletes at that mm -hmm. uh athletes 
uh, at that wedding too. Anyway. Well, good luck at Damon's. We were just chatting about Colin Kaepernick. Why not talk about controversial shit, right? People love talking about Colin Kaepernick and the president and all uh, this shit. Right? I'm, in, I'm enjoying all the memes that people are making. Yeah. I was just kind of saying like, before we started the podcast, it just, I think it's, I think all the shit's good. You know, I think Donald Trump is good. I think he, he gets people in conversation. Um, I don't remember people caring about politics uh, this much. And I don't remember people talking about the president this much. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't like Obama. A lot of people liked Obama, but I didn't hear people talking about uh, what they're talking about nowadays. And they, they talk constantly and a lot of it's negative, but who cares? It's still a conversation. Yeah. And with Kaepernick, you know, people have their views and people are disappointed that, you know, maybe he sent the wrong message towards, uh, I don't know, police officers or military or whatever it is, you know, people have their different views, uh, about him kneeling and stuff. But again, the point is, is it strikes up conversation. Are there a lot of problems in this country, uh, between black and white? Are there a lot of problems in this country with racist racism? I think you would be foolish to say no. Mm-hmm. Like I, in my opinion, in my opinion, from what I've seen based on how many years I've been on this earth and based on the the things that I've seen over the years, I would say, yeah, there's still a lot of problems with racism and hopefully people have more conversation about it. And hopefully people understand each other's point of view rather than just getting riled up and pissed at each other and, and, and being angry. Right. Right. Um, but a lot of times that's not what happens. A lot of times people just get, they get so inflamed as you kind of see sometimes on social media that they can't handle it. And uh, I'm sure there's probably some comments sparking up right now. People just, I can't believe you're, and I'm not supportive uh, of, of, I'm not for or against Colin Kaepernick. Um, I just, I just think my point is right now, it's just that I think that sometimes when somebody uh, makes a stand like this, I think it's good because it gets other people going. And who's had a greater impact in football um, or not even in football, who's had a greater impact period, um, in all of sports than Colin Kaepernick in the last two years. I mean, even further than that, I can't really I mean, think fi- of... yeah, for it might be longer, right? Like, I mean, would you put, would you say Tom Brady's had a bigger impact on society or Colin Kaepernick, right? Like, or, or, <laughs> it's a, yeah, like when you put it that way, it's it's fucking crazy to think. It's a weird conversation, right? Because it just he like uh, he just he seems to get a lot of people really angry. <laughs> people that are for and against whatever he's standing or right. kneeling for, right? Um, because anybody that's on his side, they get really defensive as well, right? So that when you put it that way, it's like holy shit! Like you're right. Like I can't I can't think of anybody else that has had an impact in the world in sports, you know what I mean? Like from sports, um, he's, he's probably, you know, like, uh, I don't know. A lot of people tune in to see Tom Brady. Right. Yeah. But a lot of people have tuned out from the NFL completely because of a, because some of the rules people are getting frustrated because like you can't uh, kill each other as bad as you used to be able to (laughs) kill each other. You can't spear. So I ain't watching it anymore. I don't like it. You can't, hurt yourself as much as you used to yeah, you hit the quarterback too hard you get a flag yeah yeah and people get all mad about all that and stuff the, the only thing i know about thursday night's game was the uh, julio jones not catch mm. that's the only thing i seen come out from that i don't even know who won i i don't know anything other than people can't figure out what a catch in the nfl is yeah you know 
well, I'm not exactly sure what play because there was a lot of kind of controversial controversial plays, but Julio Jones did catch the ball in the end zone, but uh, he got pushed out, and you can push people out nowadays, and that's kind of part of the defense. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of drop passes in that game, but that happens early in the season. Mm-hmm. The offense always takes a long time to catch up to where the defense is always ahead in the beginning of the year, and there, mm-hmm. there wasn't a touchdown until I think maybe like the third quarter or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the end zone one. Here it is. I found it. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, so this was the one. Oh, that... yeah, and they didn't review that one that much, I don't think. Yeah, that was really, that was really wild. Julio Jones is a mutant, by the way. These guys are, these guys are just insane athletes. Holy shit. I mean. You know what? I don't think, when I was watching it, they never showed this. I don't think they showed this angle like this. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I wasn't paying attention, but I, yeah, I didn't, that's. Like, I saw some, like, still images of, so, like, right there he does slide out of bounds, but he still has the ball, like, yeah. on the floor, and then he slides out, so, I don't know, man. I always hate instant replay, because I think that, <laughs> even when really you, fair. like, even, even if you were to instant replay that and slow that thing down, you still can't tell what happened. Yeah. And the referees, I think they do a good enough job. I don't know. I just people, want to show you my favorite meme. People take it so serious. I am Groot. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's so great. Good. That is great. <laughs> yeah, there's been lots of memes going on lately. That's the best one. <laughs> I love that movie. That's a great. Yeah. That's a fan. That's a fantastic movie. What the hell was I going to say? I was going to. Oh. Talk- sorry. We're talking about uh, Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Foosball. Yeah. Well, we got other things to talk about here today, too. Uh, you know, it's really uh, some sad news. Um, it uh, it really sucks. You know, we had a guy on the podcast a while back who uh, ended up becoming uh, a friend very quickly and ended up becoming somebody that uh, was very open and very forthcoming uh, with business ideas. Um, normally, people in a lot of circumstances, won't share information. Um, and, uh, I was explaining to this guy, you know, some of the frustrations I had with trying to do certain things that we're trying to do here at Slingshot. And he immediately stepped up to the plate and was like, Oh, dude, I'll help you out. I know this guy. I know this guy gave us a bunch of contacts. Not only that, he invited, uh, me and Smokey out to, uh, Colorado to go to a trade show where, not only uh, did we meet up with him at the trade show, but he took us around to these different relationships he had with other people and took, I don't know, half hour, hour out of his day to introduce Smokey and I to some people uh, that he thought could help our company. And it was for no, no, no money involved, no, uh, no nothing, just to be a friend, just to be a buddy. And, uh, you know, he, he was like that the second I met him. And I'm talking about Jason Harrison, who passed away recently. I'm not going to get into depth about uh, what all happened because I don't have any understanding of of what did happen. I'll just say that he's gone. And that's really, in the end, all that matters. Um, When my brother passed on, uh, we still don't know exactly what happened. It appears that my brother took his own life. And we just, uh, to me... 
to me, all that matters is it's just not here anymore. And uh, I just leave it leaves a big gap. And, you know, we're we're missing out on a great person. Jason was um, in the short time that I knew him. I'm not going to sit here and say that we were like, you know, best friends or anything. But in the short period of time, I knew him probably for about three months. He was very kind. He was very upfront. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of things in common. He has two children. I have two children. Uh, his wife is from the area and that's why he lives here. I live in this, I live in this area because my wife is from here. Um, and, uh, he's also a guy that had a, uh, an NFL football career for years. Um, he, uh, suffered a broken neck and came back and played more football after that. So it gives you a sense of like, this is a tough son of a bitch. Yeah. Came back and, uh, stuck it out and, and tried to play a little bit more. And, uh, ultimately couldn't play any further in the NFL and, uh, started a company, uh, called Sitka. I think is how you say the name. Mm -hmm. Sitka. Sitka. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, he at the very least helped to create a space that didn't exist before. It was basically, uh, I guess you'd say performance enhancing hunting gear. Mm. There wasn't really much of a, uh, not that there wasn't much of a market for it. Just no one really created at, at that point is my understanding of it anyway and uh he had to go a separate way from that company and he moved on and started his own company kuyu which is just here in dixon california which is in norcal very you know 40 minutes mm -hmm. from from where we're at here at super training gym and uh has a very 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 successful uh business um some of the stuff on the internet if you read read up says, uh, that the company was in the $50 million range. So he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He did a great job of, of building up a company, but an early adopter of the uh, direct to consumer sales. Right. 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 When everybody else in his market was, uh, taking a $150 jacket and then they were turning it around and selling it to the consumer for three or 400 bucks because mm -hmm. it was getting marked up quite a bit by the, by the retailer. And then the retailer, was then uh, marking it up quite a bit to the end consumer. Jason thought that was crap, and he was like, I want to create quality stuff uh, that comes in at a better, more reasonable price uh, to the customer. He did that, and uh, he did a great job creating Kuyu, and it just sucks, you know? There's there's no other way to put it. Uh, you know, I, I'm very sorry, you know, for his family that they have to uh, go through all this, and um, it's uh, it's brutal. It's brutal to have um, something like this happen. I know a lot of people that are close to him, and a lot of people are uh, really impacted. Um, you know, I it, it's hard to figure out like what the hell do you do in these situations when somebody like this passes away. Mm -hmm. um, I think he was forty-seven years old, uh, way too young. You know, way too young to to pass on. Um, but, you know, when I thought about like, shit, what can I do? I was like, there's not really much help I can be. Uh, but something I thought about doing was just writing a letter and I was just going to write down the different, my, uh, my interaction with him. And I was going to write it down and I was going to give it to one of his close friends and say, here, you know, get an opportunity. If you can give this to his children, maybe even hold on to it until they're a little older. But I just want to tell them the interaction I had with their dad, um, just cause like, maybe they'll need that. Maybe they'll want that. Right. Maybe they'll want to know how he was. And I'll say, look, 
I was a stranger to your dad. I, I didn't really know him. I didn't know him, know him. And he came into my, my gym here in West Sacramento, came on my podcast, shared a lot of great stories on the podcast, shared a lot of great information, but right off the bat was so friendly and so nice to everybody. Um, so I just would tell him, look, you know, from my interactions with him, he was an awesome guy, you know, who seemed like a stand up guy. And anyway, you know, it's like, what the hell, what the hell do you do in situations like that? You know, I can't even imagine. And when you said you guys had some similarities, you guys were freakishly similar paths. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah. Both, uh, started your, your businesses based out of necessity because nobody else was doing what you wanted to do. Right. And yeah, it just, it, it, it's a, it's really sad and it's upsetting. Um, and it just fucking sucks. Yeah. I know Casey was pretty taken back by it because, uh, he's got a family friend that is, uh, Casey is our, uh, warehouse guy. He's our shipping and receiving guy, mm -hmm. our logistics guy. And, um, I know he was really taken back by it. Cause he's got a, you know, a family member that's, um, or a friend, family friend that is, uh, very close to Jason. And so, uh, yeah, it nailed the whole gym. We were just, you know, people that come on our podcast, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of branded as being part of our podcast forever. Yeah. You know, once you're on here, you're on here, you're on here for good. And, uh, you're, you're at, from that day on you or any buddies or whatever, are welcome to the gym. And so, yeah, just, um, we try to make people feel good when they come here and, uh, Jason, uh, you know. He, he pulled a slingshot on us and he, <laughs> he made all of us feel really good Yeah, when, when he came in here and gave us a lot of good energy, a lot of got a good positive energy shared. Like I said, he shared a lot of stuff that most people, uh, are not willing to share. So anyway, you're going to be missed Jason. And, uh, again, sorry, you know, to the family, uh, that they had, they have to go through all this stuff, uh, for whatever it's worth shifting gears. There's no good segue into, uh, trying to. Uh, move on from something like that, but we're going to do so anyway, because this is the power project and we have to just keep rolling on. That's the way it goes. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, goals and we've talked, we've talked about this so many different times, but the topic just keeps coming up. People ask over and over again. Um, people ask about achievements, how to, how to obtain achievements, how to hold on to achievements, where to go from certain achievements. And, um, you know, in my view of a lot of things, and I, you guys heard me say this many times before, where I talk about embracing your fears and following through with your dreams. Um, when it comes to things that you're scared to do, and this is not going to include everything that you're scared to do, but usually the things that you really don't want to do. Or whenever you say the word can't, I think you should really take a note. I mean, literally take a note, maybe even have a notepad with you and write down why you said that. And is it actually based on something that you can't do? Or is it based on something that you don't want to do? Uh, or is it based on something you don't want to make a priority? Ah, I don't have time for that. Really? You don't have time for that? I think, I think you probably do. Maybe you should rephrase that again and kind of say, I don't want to do that, which is a different conversation altogether. Can't, you know, saying can't is not, it's not a great thing. And, and uh, I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. 
But as Mickey says in Rocky, he says, there ain't no can'ts. <laughs> and it's, it, it can become a very dangerous thing to say that over and over again, because you are teaching yourself that you can't do it when you probably can. There's, or maybe you, maybe you cannot do it at that time. Uh, let's say, let's say we're talking about jogging and you just sprained your ankle. Uh, and I say, Andrew, let's go for, before we train, let's go for a run. I, I can't run my ankle swollen. Well, you know, uh, that just means that you can't run for the moment. Oh shit, man. I'm sorry. I forgot that you, I forgot that you hurt your ankle. Well, shit. Um, well, you know what, Andrew, I'm going to go on a 10 minute walk. Maybe you hit up the bike, the, uh, stationary bike in the gym for 10 minutes while I go on a 10 minute walk, or maybe I'll be next to you, uh, doing the uh, arm thing you do the stationary bike we'll switch back and forth get a good warm-up anyway mm -hmm. and we'll start our workout so now you're taking yourself out of the position of the instead of even bothering to say i can't run oh you know what i'm gonna have to do the bike instead today i'm gonna have to do something different today because remember i sprained my ankle mm -hmm. and you never even said can't <laughs> yeah you never even entertained that there's something that you can't do um, so sometimes it's just for the moment, but it, you know, when I think back to some of the things that I was, uh, scared of and some of the things that were hard for me, um, just, I mean, learning in general was always hard for me. And I feel like I learn a lot of things every single day and I go out of my way to try to learn, to become better and to grow and expand every single day. And I think at some point, because I thought that I couldn't learn very well, that I avoided it. And then I was mm -hmm. just like, ah, I can't do it. I can't do it like the other kids. So I'm not going to bother. And, um, that ended up being, you know, such a huge hindrance that at some point, you know, if it wasn't for the lifting, um, I wouldn't have stood a shot at all, but it was through the lifting that I was able to gain enough confidence in myself to be like, oh yeah, I can, okay, I can do this. I can do that. I'm not that good at that, but I can do this. And over time, the conversation started to become more like, oh, I, okay, if I can do all this, I learned, a, I learned a lot doing this. I learned a lot through lifting. I learned a lot about powerlifting. I learned a lot about bodybuilding. I learned a lot about nutrition. And, and I made a lot of progress with that. And I read a lot of magazines and I let it, read a lot of articles and I retained a lot of information. If I can do that, I can probably do those other things too. It's just, I haven't really tried mm -hmm. or maybe, maybe it'll look different when I do it. Um, when I go to do a set of shoulder presses and you do a set of shoulder presses, we're both doing shoulder presses, but it might look different. Why does it look different? Well, I'm bigger than you and I've been doing it a lot longer, <laughs> right? So when I go to do a set of shoulder presses and you do a set of shoulder presses, and if your wife came in and my wife came in, and they did all the same exercises, they're all going to look different too, because however long they've been lifting for, whatever their training age is, whatever their strength is, mm -hmm. however their nervous system is tuned up with whatever it is we're doing, we're all going to look different. And if you kind of think of those things as being learned, which they are, those are acquired assets that over a period of time you learn and ingrain in your body, um, then you start to recognize, yeah, okay, I can... I can learn different things. Another thing that was a huge, uh, thing for me to, uh, overcome and a huge thing for me to work on, which 
Uh, I, I guess I got to be on tomorrow for Damon's wedding. So I have no idea what I'll say there. I'll have to <laughs> just get really hammered and make some stuff up. <laughs> Maybe talk about divorce rate. That <laughs> 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 was super high, especially here in the state of California. I think it's a big mistake. It, just uh, public speaking, you know, um, getting up in front of people and communicating mm-hmm. uh, was something I was re- really fearful of. Um, talk in front of a camera, just any, any of it. I just, it was unfamiliar to me and it just wasn't, uh, some people kind of have it in them naturally to be like entertaining and exciting or to get in front of a camera. And I, um, definitely, uh, that definitely wasn't the case with me. It's something I had to work on, but I recognized at some point, like, look, if I'm ever going to do some of the things that I want to do, I'm going to need to get in front of a camera. I'm going to need to get in front of people and talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I've heard of, uh, like if there's something that you really don't want to do, cause you're really uncomfortable with it, that's the one thing you need to do to keep, you know, to keep moving forward. But, um, with everything you've been able to accomplish the bodybuilding show, you know, lifting heavy ass weights, the business, is there anything that you wish you can go back and tell 18 year old Mark Bell? Um, you know, I, I've been asked that question before and it, it's, um, and, um, the answer, the, the answer initially right off the bat would be no, because I, um, everything unfolded the way it needed to unfold. Um, I was telling a story today that was chronological about kind of the history of power magazine, the history of slingshot, the history of super training gym. And if super training gym was handed to me in the form that it is right now, and if slingshot was handed to me in the form that it is right now, let's say, let's just say I was a good athlete Mm -hmm. and somebody came to me and they said, you know what? I want you to, all I want you to do is show up this gym and lift like a savage four days a week. Um, you'll go in the office like two hours a week. And then you're also going to own, you're going to own this company because I want you to be the face of it. So same scenario as the way it is today. Just, I didn't put in any of the work to actually get here. You, you guys would all be on unemployed very quickly <laughs> because I didn't deserve to get here. I didn't deserve to get to this spot. I didn't work for it. And therefore, I wouldn't have acquired the attributes that are necessary today to be a leader of this company. You know, I don't view myself as a boss. I view myself more as like a leader. Um, and I hope that a lot of the people in here view themselves that way rather than like necessarily like podcast engineer or whatever the fuck Smokey calls himself. Um, you know, people just view themselves <laughs> more as like more as uh, leaders. And, um, they, uh, take initiative to, to do things and you want to be known for, um, you don't want to be known for a job. You want to be known for your work ethic. Oh, that's, oh, that's a podcast engineer. No, 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 that's not the podcast engineer. That's Andrew. And he's a badass. I know that guy. He works his ass off. Isn't that Mark's training partner? But yeah, he also runs the podcast. That guy's a savage. Doesn't he do photos too? That guy's, yeah, man, does that guy ever get any sleep? That's what you want people to say. You want people to know you for your work ethic, not for necessarily for your job. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's, if I was, 
you know, go back in time and, and, ha and be able to tell myself, you know, when I was younger, I mean, I might've said, Hey, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to go blind because, you know, you're going to set a world record by jerking off 11 times a day. Uh, that might've been something I warned myself about because I do have some trouble with my eyesight nowadays. <laughs> but, uh, other than that, there wouldn't have been anything else I would have changed. I think, uh, that, uh, you know, everything I have, everything I have today had to be earned the way that it was earned. And I had to eat a lot of, you know, as I say, shit sandwiches without the bread to, mm. uh, to get here. And, um, that's the way it had to all unfold. The things that I've done in the past, um, will never, I mean, look, you, you have no idea what's ha going to happen in your life. I mean, there's a lot of tragedies and things that can happen. So I, I don't, you know, I don't want to, aside from, aside from tragedies, um, there is nothing that I'll ever go through that'll be harder than the front half of getting this bitch off the ground. Um, because I don't think people really understand, um, and they don't need to understand. They don't need to know. Um, but it didn't happen overnight. And, you know, my kids were between the ages of, uh, shit, like, I don't know, one and like four in the beginning of my powerlifting career as an adult. So two kids, a wife, no money, going to potentially lose our house. Things are wavering, not sure what I'm going to do. Um, just trying to figure shit out. We start Power Magazine. Power Magazine doesn't really make money, um, but it is kind of a start of some other ideas. Super Training Gym already existed at that time, but kind of barely. Super Training Gym wasn't free at that time, um, but it barely stayed above water. Um, it was 125 bucks a month. We had 10 members, but the gym cost 900 bucks. <laughs> you start to add up that math and it didn't really cost 900 bucks, probably more like 11 or 1200 bucks. Uh, so that money was consumed. Um, I didn't really work. I trained people here and there, but I didn't love it. It wasn't what I was passionate about. And so I put time into my gym. I put time into the people that were around me, try to make the gym better because I felt that the gym was the answer. And I felt that making people stronger was going to be where the magic was. It ended up working out the way that it worked out because I kept learning so much information. Mm -hmm. I had what I call accelerated learning. I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about this before. And I just, I just didn't understand that that's what I was doing, but through having power magazine and through the interviews that I set up through power magazine, by talking to the best people in the world, I was able to have accelerated learning. Therefore, my uh, earning dollars were going through the roof, and I had no idea. And it was because I was rubbing elbows with people that were the best in the world at certain things. And I, you know, when you look back at it and you're thinking about, oh, how does that equate? You're talking to a guy who's good at deadlifting. Well, because it's all the same formula. It's a lot of hard work. It takes time you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt, like mm -hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally. Uh, you're going to get damaged over the years. You're going to get damaged. How are you going to come back from that? You know, overcoming adversity. Um, none of these things, um, no one is free of, of these things. All these things happen. Michael Phelps, probably the greatest athlete of all time. I mean, I don't even know, I don't even know if you can debate that. I mean, 
it, it, you know, swimming is a unique thing because of how many gold medals you can earn because of the different events or whatever. But for all, you know, for argument's sake, let's just say he's the best of all. Guy overcame tons of adversity many different times in his life. Any of these athletes that you see that are up on a pedestal, look, LeBron James, probably LeBron James, probably the greatest athlete that we will ever see. Probably the greatest athlete of our time. And I mean, forget about Bo Jackson. I love Bo Jackson. I'm a huge Bo Jackson fan, mm -hmm. but LeBron James is six foot eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. LeBron James runs like a four, 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 five, 40. LeBron James is a monster. That guy is a freak. That guy yeah. is a force to be reckoned with, man. And, uh, I mean, one of the, anyway, he's, he has to overcome adversity. He's got a lot of work to do. He's got a lot of things he's got to do to continue to win, to continue to put points up on the scoreboard. And he's got to continue to have hard work ethic because if his work ethic falls off, then he's no longer a leader, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as, as soon as somebody comes into camp, they're all excited. Oh shit. I'm with LeBron James. They get on the squad and they're like, oh, he, he left 15. Oh, maybe he has a different schedule and he left 15 minutes early. Oh, he came in half hour late. Um, hmm. Oh, he's not going to come around for free throws or work mm -hmm. on plays or. Talking about practice. Yeah. He keeps leaving early. He keeps, <laughs> you know, he's showing up late and leaving early every day. And, uh, that's not going to work. That's not going to work at a certain point. So. You know, I continued to learn and continue to grow and expand from there. And it's something I talk about all the time. You guys heard me talk about Jim Rohn quite a bit. Um, there's other people that have talked about it before him, Zig Ziglar. If you can stomach listening to him, <laughs> he's a nut. But um, personal development, you know, building up that personal development. How, not just like getting smarter, um, but having the development necessary to be able to hold on to the things that you have. Um, it's, it's really important. You know, it's really important thing. Um, do you want someone just to come along and just give you like a Ferrari? It'd be kind of cool, but you know what? Like if you don't have money, even having the insurance for that thing's going to yeah, be hard. Yeah, impossible. What, <laughs> uh, what, if, what if, you know, just two weeks down the road, you pop the tire. You're like, oh my God, I don't even know. Where do I even go to get a tire <laughs> yeah. for a freaking Ferrari? I don't even have any idea. And not only did you, did you, uh, smash the tire, but you bent the whole like frame because the things are no. sensitive mm -hmm. and you didn't know how to drive it or whatever. You know, now you're like, mm, I don't even, where do these rich people go yeah. to like get this shit done? I don't even know. Cool ornament in the driveway now. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's that saying, I've mentioned it before that if you were to divide the world's, uh, money up equally amongst everybody you just sort of hand out 100k to everybody uh it would eventually end up back in the hands of the people that are wealthy the people that ha understood how to how to make moves with that money people that understood how to earn that money in the first it's all about being earned right what's mm -hmm. your earning if you have good earning potential then you are limitless with the things that you can do and i think that's really important for people to know and what do you need to have good earning potential you need to have a good heart. You need to be a nice person. You need to be willing to work. You need to show up on time. And that's about it. You don't need to be smart. <laughs> you, you can actually be dumb if you want. <laughs> Look at us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, yeah. Look at us. You, you can be distracted. You can mm -hmm. be, you can be all kinds of things. You can have 
hobbies on the side. I mean, you can have a fun life. Um, you don't have to be like militant and all crazy and like, uh, you know, all gun ho about everything all the mm-hmm. time and super organized or any of that. I think, I think it's kind of, it's good to know that you can get there though. Um, because I've had friends tell me like, you need to chill out. Like it's not photography 24 seven, but it was dope knowing that I could be there if I needed to. Mm-hmm. So like whenever we had crazy projects oh, yeah, here, yeah. you know, it was like, oh yeah, it's go time. Let's do this. Um, it was, I don't know why this just popped up in my head, but, uh, we had to get a slideshow for my grandmother's funeral. We had like a couple hours to do it. Everyone's panicking. We're all freaking out. And they, they finally come to me way later than I yeah. expected. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's get this done. And they're just, everyone's faces were just like, uh, well, you know, we have, I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And it was just really cool knowing that I could get to that place. But now I'm understanding, like, trying to finish all my work before I go home now mm-hmm. and, you know, chilling out, playing Street Fighter or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how are you playing Street Fighter? What do we What do we got? Nintendo going? Switch. I gotta get me one of those. I, I I've been talking about that forever. You, yeah. That that thing looks pretty sick. They uh, dude, there's this other game I just started to call so Hollow wait, Knight. The, so hold on a so second before we get on to Hollow Knight. The so the Nintendo Switch. Can you play it on a regular size TV? Too? Absolutely. But you have like a handheld thing, right? So it, you the the console itself. I'm so old. I don't know what's going on. The console I'm itself one of those guys is uh, it's got the it's got it's called, they're called Joy Cons on the side. You clip them into the. Mm-hmm. It looks like a like a Kindle, you know, e-reader, whatever. You play that, da da da, whatever. You can take it and put it on its dock, and then you can either take those Joy Cons out and make them one controller, or you can just get another controller and mm. just play, you know, on the screen. Oh. It's 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 dude it's so good. Playing on the screen does it have to be like hooked in through wires and shit? Or? Just through HDMI, just like anything else. Gotcha. Yeah, but just being able to be on the go or like you know when we're on planes and stuff. Like, yeah, it's so good. Oh, I love video. I love video <laughs> games. And then the Nintendo Switch, it has old shit too, right? So they're they're gonna do even more old shit. But yeah, there's like old games that are available on the eShop, but. Their uh, their online uh, service is about to come out, and they have old NES games nice. that are going to be available. That's pretty cool. I was thinking about getting a TV in here and just getting like even like an old Nintendo. I saw like, like you can get um, like just a regular old Nintendo for like sixty bucks. Yeah, I was like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, they have like the the retro ones where it's like a, a mini one, and there's like six hundred games or something crazy like that in there. That'd be pretty sick. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that kind of stuff. How's so? What's up with Hollow Knight? So it, it's just a well. Here we go. It's a Metroidvania game. So it's just like a platformer. You're just jumping on shit mm-hmm. everywhere. But you're like, I love Metroid. That was a great game. So it so that's its whole genre now. Mm. It, it's its own thing. Um, you you have to like discover like shit and get like abilities and it's uh it's really intense for just a 2D platforming game where you're jumping back and forth but it's so in depth and complex and like I'm barely scratching the surface there's video games that are ingrained in my head that I think that like one day I'll have like dementia and the only thing I'm oh. going to remember are some of those video games yeah <laughs> like I there's that... there's weird games that are ingrained in my head to the point where I almost think that they are, uh, I almost think that they're like a dream. I'm like, was that actually a game? Yeah. <laughs> but I remember me and my brothers would play this game. Like, I think it was called Caveman Games. And you could like start a fire. I don't remember the other things that you would do. 
but like you would start a fire and you would like, you know, tapping the buttons, one of those button mashing games. Mm-hmm. And you would be like starting this fire and you get it smoking and stuff, but you could look over at the other guy and see what he was doing and you could just smash him. <laughs> so you could like beat him over the head and like mess up his fire. What the heck? I don't know this game. It was amazing. And there was another game that we used to play called uh, Jerry Glanville's Pigskin Football. And it was like this football game with well, like these mutants and stuff. And oh, there's the also name? mutant. It's also mutant, mutant league. league. Mutant was, League football was I pretty remember that. With Bones Jackson. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but Bones Justice, yeah. not Jackson. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that, right? What was the other game called? It was uh, Jerry Glanville's Pigskin Football. And in that game, like if you were losing by a lot, you know how like in Madden people call it getting skunked if you uh, are losing by like twenty one points or whatever, yeah. and like to shut the game down or whatever it is. Yeah, here it is. So in they this game, quit when you're when you're getting your ass kicked really bad. They they. They give the team that's losing, they give them a troll and the troll comes in and whoops everybody's ass. And then it's like game over from Dude, there. That looks sick. But you're so, you're so pissed when you, uh, yeah, you're so pissed when you're, when your team, when the other team gets the troll in there, cause the troll whoops everybody's ass. Dude, that looks dope. There's just stuff in the field. If you run into, well, there you go. Never mind. Like who, just answered who, it. Like Jerry Glanville was like a formidable like coach. He was like a real coach. I've never heard of that name. And and yeah, and right. But who like who was the person like that attached him to this game? <laughs> like who was the agent? Who's he probably like, yeah, had should... no clue either. Yeah, you should. It's like do what's this. a video game, dude? We need to get John Madden on this podcast. <laughs> that would be epic, right? Yeah. Where's John Madden? I mean. Joe Rogan, that son of a bitch, gets Elon Musk. And I got to sit here and do this podcast pretty much just with Andrew. <laughs> you get me. It's disappointing. <laughs> he gets Elon, you get me. Yeah. That podcast, anybody uh, listening to this podcast should listen to that podcast when you get a chance. When we're done with this one, of course. But uh, the podcast with Joe Rogan and Elon Musk is is absolutely mind-boggling. And I, um, it's It doesn't even make any sense to me. That I was on a show <laughs> that now Elon Musk was on. Mm-hmm. Like to me, like that makes me really proud. That's really cool. And I, Joe Rogan's show, you know, with or without Elon Musk, has been amazing anyway. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that really puts some icing on the cake. Like Elon Musk is next level. He's, and I think you saw that with Joe Rogan, where he was like, you know what? Like <laughs> mo- most of the people that are like on Elon Musk's level are dead. They're gone. Like they're, people don't usually realize how important somebody like that is until they're gone. But Elon Musk has done so much shit in such a short period of time that people already understand like, no, 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 this guy's like, this guy's really different and we should pay attention to what he's doing. Yeah. Now, uh, when you were talking earlier about like how Joe was like all giddy almost and he's like, Hey, check out my sword. Yeah. Check out my sword. <laughs> Isn't it cool? And Elon Musk's like, yeah, all right. Not yeah. a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. You, you have a company that sells flamethrowers and I got a sword, but, uh, I, I only, I barely started the, uh, the podcast. I was trying to, uh, catch up and listen at like 1.5 speed, you know, like to catch up with everybody. And I just, I, I lost my mind. Cause Is I that why you are the way you are? <laughs> it might be. But I can't, yeah, I'm going to check it out after. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was really good. You know, I, and, you know, um, I think kind of along these same lines with these goals and these different things, you know, I think that when, when people give you information, I, I do think it's important to pay attention to it. Um, when somebody says, Hey man, I think you should check out this podcast. Now, 
you know, it might be an idiot friend who doesn't know like what it is you're trying to do or whatever. But I think it's a good idea to investigate. It's a good idea to write it down and to like look into it. Or like you're reading that sleep book, mm-hmm. you know. We've heard so many people come on here talking about sleep. And it's just wise. Like what like and you listen to Rogan and you listen to the guy. What was the guy's name? Michael or Matt? Uh, Matthew Walker. Matthew Walker. Um, and you listen to Matthew Walker and you listen to him talking about sleep and the importance of it. It makes sense to seek out more information. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you were like, hey, I think I can improve my sleep. And then what's the follow through on that? The follow through is, oh, you know what? I'm going to try a couple things. I heard a couple of people mention these two or three different things. You went to look for the nose strips, couldn't find them or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it just, that's the follow through. Mm-hmm. But you got to complete the follow through. Yeah. You got the book. That's part of it. Well, now you're reading it. That's a huge, that's. A lot of people will get the book and getting the book and having the book on your shelf, like on display and people are like, oh, you read that book? And you're like, yep. And you didn't because <laughs> yeah. you're dumbass. That's <laughs> what most people are missing. They're just, they're missing that little extra piece. Yeah. They're missing that little follow through. And I think a lot of times it happens because we paralyze ourselves. You know, it's called analysis paralysis where you overanalyze the reasons on why and why you shouldn't, mm-hmm. why you shouldn't, shouldn't do stuff. Um, when I was, uh, when I was doing the really early morning workouts, um, something I really enjoyed about doing some of those really early morning workouts and doing like fasted cardio and stuff was if I actually woke up at the right time, I can do a half an hour of cardio quote unquote in my sleep. Like I was like a zombie. Like I, I just, I barely knew what happened. And if I, if I moved, you know, I put like a towel or something over the clock. Cause who wants to look at that when you're trying to do an hour of that shit. But if I did that midday, it was a horrible task to try to do it midday or after a lifting session. I was like, I'm not doing that. But when I did it super early in the morning, I was able to get into a peak state, but you know, before before my body was even really normally ready to do any of that. So mm-hmm. a half an hour would eclipse and I'd look at it and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm already 40 minutes in. I got 20 more minutes. This, this is going to be easy rather than like dragging ass and showing up at like eight or whatever, showing up like right when the gym opens up, getting in there right as they open the doors, cranking through a bunch of it, uh, before I was even awake. And now I got my dad doing the same thing. He's not waking up that early, but because he and I talked about how important it is for him to sleep as well. He'd been training for 25 days in a row and he's lost, he's lost about 15 pounds, you know, and he's, he's feeling a lot better. He's getting in there like right around seven o'clock every day. My wife actually told me this morning, she's like, I'm at swim practice and your dad's over here training. Oh, nice. Your dad's over here lifting. Cause she goes to uh, Davis swim and fitness. It's her, is our friend's uh, gym out there. And so I, I, you know, the follow through, is really important. I've been telling my dad about lifting forever. My dad came to me like, you know, a few weeks ago and he's like, man, my blood pressure's high. And, you know, he was all concerned about it. I said, dad, all you got to do is this is, this is very simple. Let's not, let's not think that this is a mountain to climb. This is a, a this is like stepping up onto a curb. That's how mm-hmm. hard this is. That's how hard it's going to be. Yeah. It's not going to be any harder than that. All you have to do is recognize oh there's a curb there I'm, i don't want to trip over it and all you do is pick up your foot a little higher than 
than you normally would to take a step forward. And that's it. And it's a matter of just getting started. And once you get started to have that follow through, he could have said, oh yeah, my son said to go to the gym. So I'm going to go get a membership, right? You can't go get him. He was like, oh, I think I'm going to go over there one day and get a membership. I said, no, no. I mm-hmm. said, no, you're not, you're not doing that. I said, you and I are going to go tomorrow. We're, we're going to go, you're going to do cardio and you're going to lift. He's like, but I'm not signed up. I'm like, it won't matter. Just <laughs> let's just go. Yeah. You know, he's, cause he's thinking about the barriers, right? Yeah. And don't think about any of that. You know, don't the old, uh, and this is from John Madden. Don't worry about the horse being blind. Just load the wagon. He'd say that before every football game. And that's a philosophy that I strongly believe in. Like who cares about the details? I don't care how we're going to get there. We're going to get, we're going to figure out how to get there. Let's figure it out together. And so I just went to the gym that one day with my dad and I said, you're going to do this every day. And you know, let's, I I talked to him too. I was like, dad, you overcame cancer. You've overcome diabetes in the past. You've overcome all these things, all these obstacles. You overcame being with my crazy mom for however many years. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Uh, For however long you guys been together for, and you've overcome all these things. You have a lot of strength in you. You're a lot stronger than you understand. But meanwhile, you don't have the strength to walk by a bowl of potato chips without eating a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, ah, screw it. Like, I'll just have, but why? What's the point in that? Like, what's it for? Is it, is it a reward? If it's a reward because you're working hard and it's your birthday or it's, you know, we don't want to get into celebrating too many things, but celebrations are okay. And if you want to have a beer or a glass of wine or a burrito or whatever it is you want to have, then just, just make sure there's a conscious decision that that's not what you do most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, people have a hard time with this follow through concept and it's mainly just because people are really weak. I mean, they just really are. And we all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. We're all weak in different areas. Um, no one can be uh, perfect all the way through on everything that we do. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be things that pull us away from stuff all the time. And that's what makes it so difficult is it's constant. You're constantly being pulled off target. You're consistently being pulled off target. But if you really pay attention, there's nobody pulling you off target more so than yourself. It's, it's almost always you. And a way to combat that is to talk to other people around you. Um, I didn't start Power Magazine by myself. I didn't invent the slingshot by myself. <clears throat> Power Magazine was an idea that I had together with my wife. And my wife happened to know how to make magazines because she was already in advertising for magazines. And so I said, this magazine sucks that I'm reading. I was reading Power of the USA. I'm very thankful that Power of the USA existed because it got me excited about Power of Thing. But I was like, this is a shit magazine because why is it reporting on all these people that are really weak? I don't care about what somebody did um, in, uh, in Alaska in the, one, one, in the 165 <laughs> weight class in the squad or whatever. You know, this guy that's 60 years old or whatever. I want to know... What are the best guys in the world doing? What are the strongest guys in the world doing? What are, what does their workouts look like? Like when you read Flex Magazine or Muscle and Fitness and some of these other magazines, that's what it showed you 10, 15 years ago. It showed you the best. And I'm like, this is crap. She said, well, 
uh, let's just make our own magazine. And so we did. And we started, we had follow through on that. We, and we worked on it together. When I had the idea of the slingshot, I don't know how to sew stuff. I don't know how to actually like make or create the material that slingshot is made out of. I took a bunch of material that I had that I would pull on and stretch on and mess with all the time. And I took it to a family friend and said, Hey, here's the shape I want this sewed up in. She did that. And I took it and I used it and the damn thing worked and I was fired up and I was like, this is great. Make more of these. She made more of them. And my wife and I together tried to figure out different ways of getting these mass produced. None of those ideas worked. I used my phone <clears throat> and I Googled, uh, I, I used Google and typed in a very complicated search that said knee wrap manufacturers and boom, rest is history. <clears throat> the point is, is I let other people around me know. And the point is you got to be resourceful. You got to let other people know you can't give up. If, if you're going to have follow through on something, it has to be seen all the way to the end. You have to actually follow through with it. Uh, what's the point in doing 40% of it? It's just another thing that's not done. It's another thing to give you anxiety. It's another thing to get you upset and to make you um, nervous and worried about it all the time. Those are going to be the things you worry about the most are going to be these things that you had some half-hearted effort put into. You didn't, um, you took some time to go for it. You know, you took, you took time to recognize, say, you know what? I'm fatter than I want to be. <laughs> I'm going to order that uh, bike that I saw, you know, that stationary bike that I saw on the internet or whatever. And you order it. And then, and then what? And then it just sits there. Hmm. You don't ever use it. It gets used as a coat hanger. It gets used as a coat hanger. You, there's a lot of things. There's, you have a, we have a lot of great resources around us. Um, and, you know, again, I, I know these things because I do all these things too. I fall short on stuff all the time. It's just it's human nature. Um, but I've gotten better over the years. I've improved at these things over the years. I have worked on following through on a lot of these things. <laughs> um, and I think that it's just a huge, it's a huge gap between the people that get what they want out of life and the people that don't. It's a very, very simple concept to understand that. There's two types of people in the world. There's people that get what they want and they do it when they want, how they want. And there's people that do not. And it's just as simple as figuring out a way to follow through on what it is that you're trying to do. Part of being focused, we mentioned it when Brian Shaw was on the podcast, a very big part of being focused is blocking out all the noise, blocking out all the extracurricular activities that are happening, all the things that are going on, having blinders on. You know, when a horse is in a horse race, if they don't have blinders on, what do they do? Go all over the place. <laughs> they not only go all over the place, they fall, they hurt themselves, they hurt the other horses around them, and they die. Mm -hmm. They get executed because it's a racehorse, and that's what they do. They put them down a lot of times. Fucking things running so hard and so fast, but because it's going so hard and so fast and it's not paying attention to 
exactly what it needs to do, it falls. Mm. So it has blinders on to help prevent some of that. I mean, sometimes, unfortunately, they fall anyway, but the blinders help prevent that. And that's what happens with people. They're they're not focusing in and not honing in on that thing that they said they were going to do. And you have to remember who who said that you were going to do it in the first place. It, It probably came from you. Where does lifting start? Lifting doesn't start in your stomach, you know? Lifting doesn't start in your biceps. Lifting doesn't start in your ass. Lifting starts between your ears. It starts in your brain. You had a conscious decision. I don't look the way I want to look. I I don't want other kids to freaking push me around on the playground. I want that to be the end of that. And I want to be bigger. And I want them to, to look at me and go, man, I, mm-hmm. I ain't pushing that guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't, that probably would not be a good idea. That guy looks a lot bigger than me. I ain't pushing him. Or you want to have the ability to defend yourself if you need to, or at least look like you can. Uh, or the other conversation is, man, I just want to, I want to look better. I want to be able to like, my friends are starting to get chicks and I can't figure <laughs> this thing out. I'm going to go do some curls. I'm going to show these, I'm going to show these chicks what's up. Straight to the curls. Straight. I feel this in my triceps. <laughs> <laughs> That's a famous quote from Andrew. He feels everything in his triceps. Today's leg workout was really tough on my triceps. Well, they're growing. It, I mean, load, <laughs> loading up the plates for you. It's just really bad on the triceps. Today was a monstrous squat Today was great. Leg. I'm not going to recover from that. And then yesterday's booby workout. Chesticles. That was really good. Just another day for Smokey, though. Yep. Yeah, Smokey yeah. probably just brushed it off. Probably doesn't even feel it anymore. Nope. All those years of training. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about like looking online, getting the uh, exercise bike, have you seen this mirror that you can? It's looks on like, wheels. It, so yes, th- there's a stand for it. So I know we're getting excited, but you can like turn it on, and you have like an online like coach. Mm to go through like certain movements, but you see yourself in the mirror while the coach is doing it as well. I don't know if it's like a virtual coach or if like there's actually somebody on the other end, but like you, you work out in like a a room, right? And you can like post selfies and you see everybody else in your group. I'll tell you where there needs to be a mirror. It needs (laughs) to be a mirror in front of the bowl that you're eating. Right. When you sit down and you eat and you're like, man, I'm starving. You got a big thing of ice yeah. cream and a freaking mirror pops up right in front of your fat face. You'd be like, oh my God, I need to put this ice cream away. Yeah. Or this bowl of cocoa puffs in the middle of the night. Mm. Cocoa, mm, puffs. cocoa puffs. Not a bad choice. Yeah. Yeah. We've been talking about <clears throat> having a mirror in the gym, a, uh, <laughs> a mirror with uh, wheels. That'd be so dope. Oh man, we need that. I right think, in front I of the preacher Smokey curl. And, uh, and Shaw came up with this concept. Yeah, they said it was a 60-40 effort though. Both wanted to take credit. Uh, Shaw said he said it was half his, then Smokey being the uh, mm. you know, businessman, I'll say. <laughs> shrewd, very shrewd businessman. <laughs> he would only give him 60-40. Mm. But I was just telling him like it'd be sick to roll the mirror in front of the other mirrors so you can get the front and back. Yeah. Well, part of being, you know, uh, part of being, you know, part of ownership, you take ownership of all the Mm -hmm. things involved with this mirror and the mirror is 349 bucks. So I'm glad to hear that Smokey (laughs) and Brian Shaw are going to pay for it. That's tight. Yeah. Way to step up. Why was it so expensive? 
149 bucks. We try to look for, like, I try to look on other, it's hard to find. Dude, my dad could probably make something for us from like, Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be sick. That, that would be funny. Your dad's like, yeah, I'll make this for you. And then he buys it from Ikea. <laughs> yeah, well, he'd have to, like, modify it and, like, oh, customize. Soup it up. Yeah, exactly. He's a master fabricator. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> He's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've but, totally yeah, we have it. some machines that don't have mirrors in front of it. And we could really use that. What about a mirror over top of the bench press? You'd be able to see like how crooked you are every time you bench. That'd be I tough. know I'm really crooked. I, Not I as get, bad I'd as get Big really Roy distracted. Yeah. Nobody's mm. ever seen themselves bench before, have they? Not from that angle. Bathroom stalls. Mm. <laughs> oh, we just wheel it <laughs> like in there. A, no, no, no. Like a mirror <coughs> up top. Oh, above. Yeah, and then you can see peek mm. over into the. I've other. been in some hotels. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in some hotels before that have some pretty wild mirrors. Some of those uh, reflective things on the urinals, you ever hear what those are called? Reflective things? What do you mean? Well, it's like a little metal plate that's on like the urinal. Hmm. It's called a pecker checker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So next time you see your dick in a, in a mirror, you're going to be like, oh, that's the pecker checker. There you go. Tight move. I have a sick setup at my house where I have this, uh, I have this light that comes in from the side. And when I'm taking a leak, my oh, dick looks enormous because you can awesome. see the shadow. Yeah. And I asked Jake about it. I was like, Jake, have you ever seen that <laughs> shadow? And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, I was like, next time you go to the bathroom, like you need to look at the shadow that's on the wall. He came out of there one day. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> he's like, that shadow's great. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and a little terrifying as well, but that's okay. And, but no uh, photo, photo proof of this to post on their oh, yeah, IG I can, story? I can try. I think people won't know what it is. They'll be like, wow, what, you know, what is well, that? That's one of, yeah, that's why people got to listen, <laughs> listen to the podcast so they get the inside joke. Yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah I know. Yeah, it's going to get sent to Jeffy. She'll be like, what's happening here? <laughs> why me? One thing I was going to ask you about. Um, ax. I was going to ask you. Um this is really the first time I ever like had like a training partner where like it was gonna oh, happen no great. matter what. Okay, <laughs> he's gonna fucking propose to me. No, dude, I gotta do it to someone weird. else. Oh. Um, have you ever experienced? Cause this is what like I kind of felt. Um, Saving himself, especially else. like because you were in powerlifting. If you see somebody go for like a huge PR and they hit it, and you're not there yet. In this case, it was your bodybuilding show. And I'm definitely not there, but I was like, I was looking at you eat your food mm. and I was like, fuck, what am I going to do now? Like I kind of lost some momentum. Oh yeah. Yeah. You get, yeah, that happens a lot. Um, sometimes people do a powerful meet or sometimes people compete for something and, uh, it gets to be, um, it gets to be, you get to be motivated by the different things that they're doing and all the things that, that they have going on. But, uh, then you get to be distracted because you're kind of like no longer kind of hunting down the same goal. It's actually a lot easier to like try to get leaner with somebody or, mm -hmm. or try to get stronger with somebody. Um, I think some of the people here were talking about maybe after the November meet, trying to get in better shape and diet together and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it's definitely easier to try to do stuff. That's why super training exists in the first place. Yeah. Smokey just volunteered. It's easier to get, uh, <laughs> it's easier to get, uh, momentum. Uh, towards the things that you're trying to do with other people. And again, that's why, you know, going back to some of these goals and some of these achievements and some of these things that people are striving to do, you need to let people know 
what it is that you're doing, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, that's fucking dumb. There's going to be a lot of people are going to shoot down stuff or a lot of people are going to just immediately start talking about themselves or whatever it is. You know, they're going to, they're going to shoot down your hopes and dreams a lot of times, but there's going to be a lot of people that will want to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I told Stan Efforting about wanting to start a magazine, um, he was like, oh, that'd be great. He's like, why don't we go to the uh, Olympia? And I was like, well, I, I haven't really thought about going to the Olympia. And I was like, the magazine, you know, we, we haven't even really started it yet. So there's not really any finances coming off the magazine. I was like, I think, I think that would be a big expense. And so I don't know how that would work. And he was like, well, he's like, I'll pay for it. And, you know, he just became an IFB the BB IFBB pro bodybuilder at the time. And so not only did he pay for the booth, but he also paid for the initial run of the magazine. And he also ended up getting like a discount with the booth because he was a pro bodybuilder. <clears throat> and so again, but just by sharing information with people, just by telling somebody what it was I wanted to do, mm-hmm. they helped. And some people might be like, Oh man, I'm so lucky. But if you, but it's not luck. It's a skill set. It's, it's communicating with people. It's telling people what it is that you want to do. I told Ed Koo about the slingshot and he thought it was stupid, right? So you're going to have, and he now is, he now owns Iron Rebel. <laughs> um, and you're going to tell different people different things. And some people are going to be like, Hey, oh, yeah, it's cool. Other people are going to say, what if you were to tell someone that you were going to start a diet and they're like, holy shit, my friend just started a meal prep company. We can help you out. I mean, this doesn't always work out that way, but maybe somebody's just like, shit, man, that's great. I'll support you any way I can. Maybe they just are nice to you about it or whatever. (laughs) Every little bit helps. You know, you need to tell people about, about your goals and probably more importantly than just telling random people is to tell people that are close to you. Mm -hmm. Somebody that lives with you, somebody that sees you often. Like if you went up to somebody and said, you know what, man, I'm sick and tired of this. I want to be stronger. The next time you see me, you know, goofing off on squat day, come over and just slap me upside the head. I, I want to get better. Or the next time you see me going too heavy on squats, you know, you know, that's not good for me and I'm going to hurt myself. And you can tell people these things and what are they going to say? <laughs> They're not going to, again, you're going to run into some people that are going to shoot you down here and there, but for the most part, People are going to be pretty good. You're going to say, oh shit, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to squat 300 pounds. All right. Well, you squat about 245 right now. It's not going to be that hard. That's going to be great. We'll take three months, two, two three months, you know, like you just set a goal, let other people know, tell people what's up and <laughs> they're going to want to support you rather than drag your ass down. And it's going to make following through with your dreams and, and all these things going to make it a lot easier. Um, again, people just set up barriers and barricades on everything. They, um, uh, people always have their foot, you know, halfway out the door again, like using my dad's example, a lot of people will have that mindset to go to the gym and to sign up. But when they sign up, they're not going to be in their gym clothes because Mm. they're, they're not going to even bring their gym clothes with them Mm -hmm. already setting themselves up to miss that day. I'm going to start Monday. Yeah. 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 I, I'm going to go sign up. All I'm doing today is signing up. 
which is stupid. It's a step in the right direction, though. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, it's because it makes you feel better. And yeah. So you see a lot of people investing in their health, but they're not following through with what they need to do to actually become healthy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to buy this, these fish oil capsules and I'm going to use them for a week. <laughs> and it's like, man, that sucks. You just, you just wasted a bunch of money and you, you're not using the product and then you're not doing anything else with the diet, which dieting is, it's really hard. It's not easy. Um, I mean, you know, people try to think about a diet in terms of, Let's just take anybody who's listening to this podcast right now who doesn't currently diet or take just about anybody's mom, dad, aunt, or uncle that has never really messed with it before. What if those people were to diet once a week? What if they were to be conscious of their food for a 24-hour period one time a week? Think it's possible they'd actually make progress off of doing that? Yeah, I mean, by numbers they would they have to <laughs> it's an improvement yeah it's better than what they were doing before um take the same concept and say okay well you did you ate a little bit better every monday that's good on you how about we try every every monday and wednesday or how about we try just the weekend because you don't work at all on the weekend or if it's easier to eat good when you're busy how about you eat good Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, you don't go haywire, but you enjoy some of the things that you like. You enjoy some wine, you enjoy some beer, you enjoy some food here and there, but you're not eating in some crazy ex- excess uh, amount of food. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, I see it a lot and it's, I, I don't like it. I've luckily I've never been fat, so I don't really know what it feels like to not be able to eat this or that. But it drives me nuts. I'll see somebody, um, and she's probably not listening, so if she is, I am apologize in advance. Every time I see this person, she wants to lose weight. Like, ah, oh, I fell off the wagon. I got to do this. I got to do that. I know, I know, I know, I know. But every time I see her, she's drinking soda. Mm. And I was like, have you tried cutting that out? It's like, no, I got to have it. Mm. Like, well, fuck. Like, come on, man, start somewhere. But every single time, it's the same conversation. Yeah, I, I I know I gotta. Yeah, it's like almost like they think I'm judging them. It's like no, like I'm I'm not, even though I kind of am right now. But <laughs> you know, in person, I'm like no, I'm, I'm here to help you. Like I've I've given out uh, War on Carbs, um, the book. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't just handed somebody a war. But uh, where do you, where does that come from? Like where it's just they kind of almost accept it, but they know they shouldn't do it. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, hundred like, percent. No, I. Um, everyone's guilty of that, in yeah. some degree, towards anything that you want to improve. You're probably still going to have some habits that aren't great. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's it's not easy to break these cycles, um, but I think again, I think that people a lot of times are a little bit all or nothing with things, and they think that if you if you say that they have to cut out soda, they're like fearful that you just took something away from them. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a little kid that's like five years old. Um, there's a five-year-old and there's a three-year-old. And the three-year-old takes the old toy of the five-year-old. And the five-year-old flips <laughs> out. Mm-hmm. And they haven't even touched that toy <laughs> in the last two years. Yeah, They do not care about that toy. They think it's a baby toy. 
they don't mess with it anymore at all. But the three-year-old took it and now they want it back. Mm -hmm. And I think people are that fearful of you taking stuff away from them. And, and then so, there's a parent yelling, you have to share. Yeah. Have to share. <laughs> and they're like, fuck that. I know. Sharing is bullshit. <laughs> sharing is a stupid concept. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> think about that. Like if you knocked on your neighbor's door and were like, hey man, I need to use your car. They'd be like, get lost. Yeah. No, but we got to share, right? Yeah. I've been sharing. telling you since you were a kid. Yeah. The teacher taught me in kindergarten. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just yeah. that's what I see in my head because I've seen it too many times where it's like, fuck that toy. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> wait, no, that's my favorite toy. But uh, when you put it that way about taking something away, I hadn't even, yeah. even thought of that. Well, it gives people anxiety. Okay. It gives people anxiety. So people get used to having ice cream at the end of the night. Um, they used to having something sweet at the end of the night. They're used to drinking their soda. They're used to drinking their beer when they get home. Um, they're used to, um, you know, when it's hot out and uh, they want to have a barbecue, they got to drink every time. Like they, they say these things, they say that they have to do it. Right. Oh man, I, I, I can't, I can't have uh barbecue ribs without drinking or I can't, uh, I can't wake up without coffee. I can't do this without mm -hmm. that. And it's like, man, well, that's, that's unfortunate that like you, you, you actually need that. Mm-hmm. You need coffee after you slept for eight hours. I don't, I'm confused. You don't, you want coffee. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, you need coffee to function. Like, how, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's a really, you, you just, you say these things to yourself and you make yourself really weak is what happens. So I think when it comes to this, uh, soda thing, I think probably our safest bet and probably our only hope with any of this stuff is to use addition as a form of subtraction. So if I add so much to your day, if I make your day so rich, uh, you will have no choice but to take out some of those poor choices over a period of time. And your day will become richer and richer and richer over a period of time. So if you're, <clears throat> let's take the soda as an example. And you say, I want you to drink three glasses. I want you to drink three, three cups of water throughout the day that are 12 to 16 ounces minimum. Well, now I just added a lot more liquid to your, to your uh, day, right? I want you to eat four or five meals for the day. Split up whatever it is you're normally doing. I, I'm not even going to change the style of food that you eat. I just want you to spread it out throughout the day a little bit more and eat a little bit less with each meal. If you're going to go uh, to Chipotle and have a burrito for lunch, just eat half of it. Eat half the amount of chips. Two hours later, eat the other half. Give it some time to digest and eat the, eat, eat the rest two hours, three hours later. Do the same thing with your other meals. You come home from work and it's 5.30, 6 o'clock. Eat about half your dinner if you're still hungry two hours later eat it again you just add to people's day so i i, I told you to eat more often mm -hmm. i told you to drink more um i need you to sleep eight hours every night i need you to sleep more you need to pay attention more to your sleep i don't want you to wake up from an alarm i want you to go to bed to an alarm have the alarm set you in motion to go to sleep you go to sleep at the right time and you will automatically wake up and you won't really need the alarm clock a lot of times you'll wake up quite a bit earlier than is even necessary. 
when you start to add to people's day and you say, I want you to have one apple every day. I want you to have a serving of berries every day. I want you to have, um, I, I'd like you to have uh, four ounces of orange juice every day. I'd like to see you add in some oatmeal once a day. I'd like to see you add in more protein. How much protein are you taking in? You know, it'd be great. Okay, you're not really taking in that much protein. And uh, you just start an exercise routine. You're not, you have to, you're going to have to have more protein. So maybe they increase their protein by 100 grams, which is a lot for somebody. So now you're like, okay, you need to have one protein shake a day. So now I just told somebody to eat four or five times a day. I just told them to have a protein shake every day. Um, on top of all this, you want to have somebody have a serving of vegetables every day, one uh, at, at minimum, if not two. And I want you to walk twice a day for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck, man, now my whole day is full. <laughs> and if you have that Coke, the Coke is a drop in the bucket. If you have, if you have one can of Coke, maybe two cans of Coke, look, for, for you and I, we look at that thing and we almost have a heart attack because <laughs> we look at it and we're like, oh, 33 grams of sugar. They're used to it. Mm-hmm. Their bodies are used to they're 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 not even they're not feeling it. It's not registering the same way. Um, they're not realizing all the artificial weird shit in there. That's um, and you know what? To be honest, they're better off. They're better off not knowing some of the shit that we know because uh, it, it can be paralyzing at times, and it can mm-hmm. be it can give you anxiety because you don't know what to fucking eat sometimes. Like I don't even know what's healthy anymore. But when you keep adding and adding and adding, at some point, when you're putting in more effort and you're being more consistent with everything that you need to do, hopefully at some point, you will subtract it out by yourself. And when you do it by yourself, that's when it's going to be a permanent change that you do forever. And I think that's the most effective way. And I think that's what we're trying to communicate in this movie that my brother and I are working on with nutrition is that. I can't take stuff away from you. I can't go into your house and throw out all your stuff. It's not, it's not going to work. Like people need strategy. People need strategy and they need people to actually care. They need people to give them, we need people to, people need to arm other people with the information necessary so they can make better choices, but they don't need to beat the shit out of them about it. You know, that's, I, I've, I've racked my brain on this for a long time. I've helped people that are overweight for decades. Uh, I've, I've done it both ways. You know, I've done it a bunch of different, I've, I've told people, look, you're fat. People that have been friends of mine, people have been close to me. You are fucking fat. You need to work out. You need to exercise. You need to go to the gym. Please go to the gym. You are out of shape. And what I learned is that doesn't really work. It'll work here and there with certain people. Mm-hmm. It'll work here and there with certain people sometimes to just get them head in the right direction. But for the most part, it's not going to work. It's going to be discouraging. They're already discouraged. People are already upset. People are already depressed. People are already sad that they're, they're heavy. They know that they're heavier than they want to be. They see themselves. They, they know Every once in a while you hear somebody say, oh man, I, you know, somebody took a photo of me and I, I didn't realize I was that big. Sometimes when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, wow, that's, that's a little weird because 
you're, you're, you're doing everything to insult your metabolism and to insult the way that your body is set up every single day. And, and you're, you're totally ignoring exercise and totally ignoring the things that you're supposed to do mm-hmm. to be healthier. But at the same time, just a lot of these people, they just don't know. And there's going to have to be a, uh, time where they like hit rock bottom or time where they just go, you know what? I am just, I am so fed up with myself. I've already been disappointed with myself. I've already been sad. I've already been depressed. I've already been mad. I've already caused others heartache, pain. I've already wasted my time. And you know what? I'm just done with all of it. I'm not going to feel any certain way about it. I'm just going to do something about it. And that's what we need people to do. And the only way that I see it happening is to try to be encouraging. I don't think Jack Elaine tried to do it. Um, he, I mean, Jack Elaine was like mean about it. You know, he was kind of a dick about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, people have to be encouraging. They have to give people, um, I personally think that everybody needs to lift weights. I think that lifting weights is really effective. Um, at burning up glucose, people eat too much sugar. People will always have bad e- eating habits. Um, to get everyone to actually lift, it's probably not going to happen. To get more people to lift, I think can happen. But, but lifting is is really really important because it can increase your metabolism. It can increase the it can increase you burning calories. It can make your body work for you rather than you always having to work so hard for everything. If you just have more muscle mass, Mm -hmm. which you do have to work for, um, you get to just burn more calories, period. That's Mm -hmm. why it's easier in most cases for men to lose weight than women. Men typically have a lower percentage of body fat. They typically carry more muscle. It's easier for men to build muscle. And so we're at an advantage and the women are at a disadvantage. But the women need to be training as well for their bone density. A lot of women have osteoporosis. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of older people, um, you know, break their hip and their bones get brittle, and they run into all kinds of problems. And and tra- weight training, doing cardiovascular training is is great. Going for a walk is great. All these things, all these forms of exercise, they are all good. And anytime you can add any sort of resistance to them, they usually get even better. Um, But people need to weight train because the weight training is going to be something that is actually going to change the hormones in your body to be more favorable towards you getting the body that you want. It's going to change your growth hormone. It's going to change your insulin. It's going to change your glucose levels. It's going to change your blood pressure. It's going to change so many different things. Whereas the cardiovascular training it's really just burning up some sugar, burning up maybe even some fat, but it's just burning up some calories for that moment. Whereas the weight training is burning calories for that moment, but it's also building towards burning calories in the future. So you really end up with a really awesome result. Uh, how much training do, do people need to do? My dad has been going to the gym every day for the last 25 days. Uh, and I think that he's there for like 40 minutes Hmm. and he's 70 years old. He's not retired. 
he'll probably never stop working. He loves hmm. to work. Um, is, is that an unreasonable amount of time for everybody to work out? Maybe. Um, is half of that an unreasonable amount of time to exercise? I don't think so. I think everyone can make time uh, to get in 30 to 40 minutes multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't actually know anybody on the planet that can't mm-hmm. afford to work out three times a week. I mean, it's just, you're just making excuses. I think at that point, if you're not, um, if you're not training, I, I think it's a huge mistake to not try to take care of yourself and to not, uh, do things for yourself. Most of the successful people that I know, um, they wake up every morning and before they go diving into their phone, they usually do some things for themselves. Uh, whether it's listen to music, listen to a podcast, go for a walk, weight train. Just imagine if you had the habit of, of every day when you woke up, the first thing you did is like, whatever it is that you feel that you need to do the most of, you know, whatever that, however that positions mm-hmm. you for the day. Um, I know for me, like, I I mean, I'm obsessed with exercise, so I love to wake up and and go for a walk. And every time I get back from the walk, I I feel better. I feel ready for the day. I feel good. I feel strong. I feel, Mm -hmm. I mean, I did a walk today, even though we trained early, Mm -hmm. still got up and I walked for half an hour. It just makes you feel good. So also people need to know too, people that exercise, people that exercise aren't in the shape that they want to be in either. People Mm -hmm. that are at the gym are fat. There's many people at the gym that are fatter than they want to be. So I think that this notion of, ah, man, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I can't go to the gym. People are going to make fun of me there. I'm too fat. I'm not in good enough shape. Uh, You know, they got mirrors there and there's going to be other people there going to be laughing at me. No, there's people at the gym (laughs) (laughs) that are really out of shape, Mm -hmm. but they're making the effort. They're there. And they're already making that effort. There's, you're going to see other people there that are similar to whatever shape you're in. Right. Whether you're 50 years old and you're not overweight or you're 50 years old and you're 200 pounds overweight. You're going to see other people at a commercial gym that are in the same shoes as you are. Same chubby little shoes. Mm-hmm. And same experience too. You're going to see people at the gym that are too skinny, that are skinnier than they want to be. Mm-hmm. Whatever body frame you have, if you go to a local gym, you're going to see people in a similar situation. They're too short. They're too fat. They're too tall. They're too skinny. They're too this. They're too that. You'll see it all. And they, people, there's people there that have dealt with it before. Mm-hmm. If you have no clue what to do, if you really don't understand, get a trainer. But again, this goes back to following through. Don't just get one trainer one time and put your hands up and be like, I can't believe it. That trainer, you know, they, they made a racist comment and oh, I'm never... You know, or they made a sexual comment or mm. that's one trainer in one circumstance. Maybe they, maybe they pushed you too hard. You got too sore. That's one trainer, one circumstance, find another gym. People look for excuses everywhere, right? So yeah, there's tons of options. There's tons of people out there. Yeah. You know, and, um, that's, that's what's comfortable. I've talked to my dad about some of these things before about, you know, I, I, I asked him kind of uh, about a year ago, I was like, you know, why is it that guys your age 
and girls your age, why, why, why do they just, why, why do they give up on exercise and nutrition? I don't, I, I know it wasn't part of your life when you were young, but, um, it, you know better now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and he just said, it's just easier. It's just easier to not do it. Um, and, and you know, what's strange about it too, is like with medications and the way that things are going, people still a lot of times live into their, until they're 80, mm-hmm. you know, however, however, depression, anxiety, depression, um, suicide rate, um, diabetes, Alzheimer's, like they didn't used to think that Alzheimer's and dementia, dementia, they didn't used to think that they were all that related to nutrition. They just thought it just happened. Mm -hmm. Well, now there's a lot, there's a lot of compelling evidence that shows us otherwise. doesn't show us definitively Mm -hmm. that you can escape it uh, just because you do keto or whatever. (laughs) But it, what it does show us is that there's been a link between diabetes and dementia. And look, most of the people being, being fat, you know, has to be like redefined. I was going to take a picture. I went to target yesterday. I was going to take a picture of this mannequin because <laughs> they had a, they had a, they had a mannequin, a regular mannequin. Then they had a big old lady mannequin and they had a pregnant mannequin. I was going to take a picture of it, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to bother. It's going to be so controversial. People aren't going to understand what I'm trying to say. But I was basically going to say something to the effect of, like, let's not lower our standards. And I'm not trying to say that everyone has to have this little tiny waist and mm-hmm. big old titties and whatever for <laughs> women. Uh, right? I, yeah. Like, what guy wouldn't want every woman to look like that? I mean, That'd be fantastic, right? <laughs> and I'm sure the ladies want to look that way too. Um, but man, people are so much fatter than we even understand. And those of you that have lost weight before, those of you that have been like, you know what? Man, I would look awesome if I just lost about 15 pounds. You know what happens when you lose 15 pounds? You go, wow. I would look really great if I lost another 15 pounds (laughs) or maybe even a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a lot more weight to lose a lot of times than you, than you think. Um, and a lot of these older people that have dementia and have some of these things, they may, they kind of look small, they look frail, but they still have excessive amounts of body fat on them that are not necessary. I'm not saying that everyone needs to be sculpted. So please don't, misunderstand what i'm trying to convey here but let's not lower our standards and think oh well this is just the times and you know there's more convenient foods out there so no we can't bypass uh the way our bodies are supposed to be um and you know bypass is a funny word to use for it because that's (laughs) what we're all going to need if we try to just you know live our lives uh being uh too much on the thick side and you know what i'm all for this movement of you should love yourself and you should feel good about yourself. I'm, I'm supportive of that. I'm behind that. You should, Mm -hmm. but you should also be transparent with yourself and you should also be real with yourself and say, 
I'm happy with myself. I feel good about myself. I'm smart. I'm strong. I can be empowered and I can improve. I, I can be better tomorrow and the next day than I was today. Yeah, I think a, a huge part of that, you know, love yourself that's missed is like love yourself enough to want to get healthier. Yeah. You know, I think that gets missed completely. It's not love yourself, love your size and go get bigger. Like it's, <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? D different people are going to be different shapes. Different people are going to be different sizes. And are there people that are just big? Look, Brian Shaw's a big guy, yeah, right? But... He's a big, he's a, I know he's a different, you know, <laughs> he's a really different thing. But there's guys that are kind of, I don't want to say like Brian Shaw. That's a disservice to him. Mm -hmm. There's guys that are big, that are 6'5", six, 6'6", six, 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 and, you know, they're wearing the big dog clothing and they're, Mm -hmm. you know, at the local county fair and they're, you know, 400 pounds. They're just bit, who knows why big mm -hmm. old hands, big old feet, giant just wrists, big. giant kneecaps, giant forehead. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what this guy, you know, this guy looks like a goddamn polar bear. Checking right? out dude's kneecaps. Yeah. <laughs> nice kneecaps, bro. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say about Shaw is when we took him to Lululemon and he had to try on all those clothes that obviously did not fit him mm -hmm. but when he's when you he said he's different yeah he's different because he's huge but when he put on those tight shirts you can see he was he was actually jacked it, it was it was really eye-opening because he's always wearing big shirts you know like they're loose but he put on a yeah he's wearing a big shirt and the shirt tends to kind of puff away from him because he does you know he does have a stomach yeah and the stomach is is you know kind of yields a lot of that power mm -hmm. a lot of that horsepower that he's got you know um but you're right Brian Shaw has tremendous <laughs> amounts of muscle. And you know what? I mean, shit, it would take, it would take all of about three months to get hit. Like, I mean, the transformation I made, Brian Shaw can probably take a massive dump on that because <laughs> that guy has got, he has elite level amounts of muscle on his body. I, I have, I, you know, I feel pretty good about the jackness level that I got, but mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't have like, that next level of of the amount of muscle mass some of these bodybuilders have, uh, I don't cert I certainly don't have that amount. Those guys have a good twenty extra thirty pounds on me, mm -hmm. and they got some really good density. Um, Branch Warren, I mean, is a lot shorter but weighs about the same. Mm. Um, me and Jay Cutler were probably similar height to give you an idea, and Jay Cutler was probably two sixty five on stage or two sixty sure. on stage, and I. I was 235 on stage, which is good, uh, but certainly, anyway, my point is, is that Shaw, if he was to cut up, you would see that he has substantial amounts of muscle on him. I mean, would he be the first to win the Arnold Strongman and Arnold uh, bodybuilding show? Yeah, <laughs> no one's ever done That'd anything sick. like that. Um, but yeah, Brian, I don't, you know, I mean, look, I've never, you're never going to put anything I'm no, never say, I'm joking, but I yeah, mean, yeah, I'm never going to say that Brian couldn't do something, but, uh, being a pro bodybuilder is a real big animal. You know, it's a real tough thing to do. Mm -hmm. We got anything else? Um, I, there's been, I mean, a lot of steroid talk and whatnot. Oh my God. I know. Um, and you've answered this many, many times before, but it's, uh, it's, it's what's hot right now in the streets or oh the chat box. God. What's the heaviest bench that we know from a natural athlete? 
Um, well, I mean, just from the drug tested guys, you know, yeah. so that's all you can kind of go off of. I think some of the bigger benches are in the 620 pound range, about a hundred pound difference from where Kirill Serkov is. And non-tested athletes. Those are, yeah, those guys are non-tested. Yeah. They're in the 620 pound range probably. Gotcha. So then tested athletes, where are they at? The best is Kirill Serkov with like a 722. So it's about a hundred pound Gotcha. Okay. About a hundred pound difference. So there you go, guys. But I don't really know, you know. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. We don't know, but that's the only way. And like, it yeah. was such a uh, hard question to even ask. That's why I had to break it down that way, yeah. which was how much right. can a, can you lift naturally versus how much you can lift. I, I would have uh, benched 500, um, probably more like touch and go rather than paused mm-hmm. um, naturally. And then with, with, with stuff, I did 578. Um, in addition to that, um, I actually did perform my floor press at Westside Barbell where I did a 500 pound floor press. So, um, and that was before I touched anything. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I got a piece. So yeah, that's, that's all I got. (laughs) I just wanted to get that one out there, but yeah, that's it, dude. All right. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never strength. Peace.